I felt the temptation to make kind of a monolithic statement. I just feel like I'm trying to like be right about my statement and put it in a way that it works, you know? And I'm like, golly, this is just, this is just really complicated. Uh, Brian Thompson is one of my project managers. He's a guy that I feel fortunate to get to work with. He's wise and kind. He's uh, deep spiritually. And so instead of making a statement, we just had a conversation. And I want to grow. I, I feel like I have biases and I don't really know where they are. And sometimes I don't even want to see them. And when they're revealed, they're usually pretty ugly. And I try to cover them up with the good deeds I do. And Brian has just made it real safe for me to kind of open up. Yeah, we just had a wonderful conversation. I know that uh, I shared with him first, you know, I, I when this whole thing got started, and it was years ago, I just I just felt like all lives mattered, you know, that that was part of my calling. But I just didn't really understand the context in which it was being shared. And it had to be revealed to me, I had to learn. But it took me kind of realizing that I didn't get something about it. And I wanted to avoid the temptation of being right about my opinion. And I just was actively seeking and asking. On this episode of The Climb, we tell the story of Gordon Highlander, which has become the largest industrial finish-out contractor in the Metroplex. We're joined by Greg Gordon and Richard Greth, two really good friends of mine. This episode goes deep. We laugh a lot. We talk about golf, family, politics. This is one you're going to listen to more than once. Enjoy The Climb. Welcome to The Climb. I'm your co-host, Michael Moore, joined by my partner in crime, Bob Weirma, and we couldn't be more excited today. You're going to get two for the price of one, as we've got two really good friends of mine, great business minds, and Greg Gordon and Richard Greth. Richie and I have known each other since 1995, when I was on my way up to the University of Colorado. I stopped off in Lubbock. And he was my best friend from high school's roommate. And it's been an unbelievable friendship since then. And then through Richie, I got to meet Greg Gordon, founder of Gordon Highlander. And so, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Bob, thanks for coming back from Mexico for this. And with that, Greg, I'll turn it over to you. Give us a little background on yourself. And then, Richie, you can follow him. I think just a quick disclaimer for the audience, uh, <laughs> you know, when when guys uh, like us know each other this well, there's there's just going to be a lot of inside jokes probably that people won't get. <laughs> Good disclaimer. Good disclaimer. Uh, but uh, happy to be here. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. You guys, Gordon Highlander is a commercial construction company. We started in 2007 with a passion for serving other people and a commitment to excellence. And so I am humbled to be its founder and leader. And uh, we have had a lot of success in growing our business. And, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk about that a little bit more in the, in the webinar. Podcast, what are we calling it? Pod, podcast. 
podcast. Too, too many webinars these days. Yeah. What's the future state of the office? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Richard? Yes. Well, um, my name is Richie Greth, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to know Michael and, uh, and Gordo for, for quite some time. They have both been uh, great fans, uh, great friends, and trusted advocates throughout this uh, crazy journey of life. But yes, I uh, grew up in Midland, Texas. I've uh, been living in Dallas since about 2000, proud graduate of, of the Texas Tech University. You know, been in construction. My dad was a general contractor, so grew up around it, swore I would never do it. Did a log cabin for my uncle after uh, college and got into it and have just never turned back and really blessed to be in such a great industry and uh, one that I never thought would be considered an essential service. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been one hell of a ride and I'm, you know, just blessed and uh, sound like a victory speech at the Oscars, but I just, you know, so many people have helped me along the way. So just very blessed. Well, Bob, why well, I wanted to bring these two guys on, a, because it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But <laughs> when we think about our mission in telling stories and defining moments and, and crossroads that get you somewhere, I just found it incredible that there can be this, this friendship that can be thicker than blood. And, and these two guys knew each other. They were clients of each other. And then eventually over time, as things play out, now they're working together. And so I want to highlight that and Maybe, guys, you can talk about how that all came together. Yeah, I, I can take the, the first part of that. It was uh, probably mid-2001, a mutual friend of ours named uh, Meredith Cladis basically had introduced us. I was a young project manager at Trammell Crow, and Gordo was a young project manager at Commercial Interiors. Basically, I was doing industrial TI, and that was kind of Gordo's forte for the business he was working with. And we started working together and doing a lot of jobs and quickly found out that, that we enjoyed each other's company and uh, shared like ideals and, you know, more than anything, knew how to kind of execute some of the, the promises that were being made on the brokerage end. I mean, one of my favorite quotes from a um, mutual friend of ours, Chris Jackson, he, uh, when I first started Trammell Crow, he, I asked him what the internal relationship was between the project manager and the and the broker, and he says, it's very simple. I, I sell the dream and you live the nightmare. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, no truer words were ever spoken. And Gordo helped live that nightmare with me. And um, it's been a great kind of partnership ever since. We've done tons of work together over the years. Our lives have paralleled each other and some of the ups and downs and ins and outs, so to speak. And we, we could probably spend a podcast on those parallels. But at the end of the day, we, um, we've always kind of had the same focus and the same mindset, which has kept kind of our planets in orbit, so to speak, and kept us together. And uh, it, it's really been a great partnership. And, uh, you know, when Gordo went out on his own, uh, I was fortunate enough. Uh, a bunch of his good friends were kind of racing to be the first one to give Gordon Highlander their first job. And Gordo finally admitted during a recent round to, to another person who was uh, trying to claim that, that, that I truly was the one who gave Gordon Highlander their first job. So it's, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been invested from Gordon, in Gordon Highlander since day one, just because of my love for my friend, Greg. And, uh, you know, I've been to parties, uh, you know, the, 
I mean, a bunch of the guys, I probably knew 50% of the staff before I even started just because of my involvement in them and uh, just through different activities, et cetera. So that's a little bit of a brief synopsis of how Greg and I came together. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. He had, uh, he had mentioned a few times and I had mentioned about, you know, working with Gordo and, and it's funny, I think over a couple rounds of golf and planets aligning and uh, it just worked out great. It's funny. I was at a point working uh, for myself that, uh, that Greg just, we were talking about needing, wanting to grow his business. And um, I'm probably a, a, a better promiser than executioner or, or executor, excuse me. So <laughs> maybe that's 40 and slip there. But anyway. <laughs> Richie, uh, go take out all our competition. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so it's it's just been a blessing. I mean, getting to work with one of your best friends and uh, and for an organization like that has just been an incredible blessing. I love what you guys are doing. Uh, there's this famous quote, Eugene Peterson wrote uh, an interpretation of the Bible called The Message. And Eugene says that storytelling is the language of the heart. You know, Richie and I have shared our lives together in a, in a lot of different ways in friendship and in the client contractor relationship and the partner relationship and really just in brotherhood. And, and uh, I will tell you that I knew I had Richie's support before I started Gordon Highlander. And there was a story that was being formed, and it wasn't just mine. It was all the people that really were the ambassadors for the for the business and for me. And I think there's real magic. I think that people intellectually can wrap their mind around that, but real leaders actually do it. And we just have been really lucky with attracting the greatest people to the organization. I will tell you professionally, I think Richie joining Gordon Highlander is probably one of the best. Literally, I can tell you it was G07101 was the number of the first job that Gordon Highlander ever did. And Richie gave it to us. And then for us to figure out how he could become a part of our story, and he already was just in a different way how to weave those together and how rich, how incredibly rich that story is. It's, it's really unique. I think what Michael didn't say is that Richie is a unicorn. That's my term for someone that's really hard to find. They could go do anything they wanted to in the world. He could go do anything he wanted to. And the fact that he came to join Gordon Highlander is just, it's incredible. What I love is that you two actually like each other, unlike Michael and I. Uh, <laughs> truer words no. never spoken. <laughs> it's it's so cool to hear. I mean, you can see it in your guys, you know, and hear it in your voices and in the friendship that you have. And that's it's so great to to see. So maybe maybe two one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking was so you started the company in two thousand seven. At what point? Richie, did you join the business? And like, how did that all kind of come about? At what point were you guys ready to start together? Well, you know, it, it's funny. My uh, my official relationship with Gordon Highlander has just been a little over a year. Uh, okay. You know, my unofficial relationship with Gordon Highlander, like I said, has been from the from the beginning. 
always trying to promote his brand uh, from the positions that that I was in, et cetera. And then um, trying to, you know, just, just different things. Like I said, going to his different functions, et cetera. But really, I think it's kind of a funny anniversary, but very appropriate. But April 1st, 2019 <laughs> is when I started. So, uh, I thought you yeah. would have said April 20th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was the end of my probation. So, <laughs> you know, I think we probably remember it differently. I, I will tell you that um, I remember us Cedar Crest Golf Course. I was really struggling. I was just dealing with some personal issues and I had some pain and I was unpacking that for Richie. And, and then Richie kind of said, you know, I'm struggling a little bit too. Like, I don't really love my home office. I've always been an athlete. I've always been a part of the team. And I really am in awe of what Gordon Highlander has done. And and I was like, dude, let's just get a business card then. We'll put your name on it. Like, well, fuck, we'll figure this out. You know, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> let's go on business development, you know? And really, we, we didn't know. And, and, and I will tell you that... Um, I have seen this theme in my life a lot where in a way God kind of puts things together or provides. I think I'm supposed to go a certain way and I get real focused on doing my part, but then God takes me in this other way. And then I end up in a better spot than I ever thought I was going to be at to begin with. And the funniest thing happened. I was pursuing a big tenant rep broker at JLL the next week. And I was in the early stages of learning my relationship. He said, Gordo, I don't know, man, I just love you enough that I want to tell you something. And I go, what's it? He goes, dude, you need to have a business development person if you're going to continue to grow Gordon Highlander. I like teed my ball up. I hit it and I just thought, thank you, man. What a sign, you know, and I go, I actually have been talking to this guy. I got somebody. And he goes, no, I have the person that you need to talk to. <laughs> I go, what? And so he's like, yeah, you should talk to Emily. And so, well, I start talking to Emily at the same time. I'm telling Emily about Richie and R Emily's real confused about what the hell is going <laughs> on here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I have two sets of twins, you guys. I have two sets of twin boys. I managed to do that with two different women. <laughs> and I refer to Richie and Emily as my third set of twins. They started on the same day. <laughs> oh, that's great. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that, that defines it right there. I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. And Gordo, I appreciate your your thoughts around your faith in that and that, you know, we're all on a path. It's just our job to stay on it and pay attention to those signs along the way. And it's all going to work out just because I'm a, a huge history guy backing up a little bit. Give us kind of the, the four one one on the name, you know, you being a third generation builder, like give us the background on Gordon Highlander. Cause it's a good one. Yeah, thank you so much for that. There's uh so I'm originally from the East Coast, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh my dad was a history teacher and ended up getting uh his architecture degree. He worked for his father and 
My grandmother worked at the Maryland Historical Society, and she had done a lot of research about our family lineage. So this would have been you guys in the 70s, before the internet, and probably a harder search to navigate than it is now. And so I was just born into this historical perspective. When I was a little kid, I thought I had an army in my family. And the Gordon Highlanders are a regiment of the Scottish army. They were formed in the late 1700s. And they're like the special forces to the United States Army. Uh, Winston Churchill, his famous quote about the Gordon Highlanders is that they're the greatest regiment that there ever was. And so they have a rich history. I just learned about it as a kid. I thought there was an army in my family somehow. I didn't know how I was connected to it. And so this really cool thing happened when I felt the calling to step out on my own. My dad was has always been kind of home base and my strategic advisor. And he was saying, son, we already have a brand. We were born into it. It's our family name. And it has a tartan and it has its battle cry. It has all these things that a lot of other companies without a story or a history are trying to invent. They're trying to invent it from scratch. And so it was just really cool. We, we pulled a lot of the principles of the, army sayings into the business. We pulled the Gordon Tartan down onto the business and we brought all those things that had preceded me into the business naming. And so the other thing is I, I, I did choose to put my name on the business too. And I think that that's important. And you, you mentioned you had this calling to step out on your own and I, I can't pass that one up in the theme of this. So what was the calling? How did that come to you? What made you make that leap and, and say, okay, I'm ready to do this? God, just this, this hunch, this real instinct. I was just young and learning that business was really about relationships. And I work for someone that I have a lot of respect for. They were a great technician at what they did, but the relationship management part of that business, I felt like I was doing most of it and that people weren't really attached to the business or the brand. They were attached to my relationship and the trust that I'd formed. And so I wanted ownership and I was tired of being an employee. I thought I knew what that meant, putting my money back into the business somehow to get equity, but I I really didn't know what that was all about that was just kind of over my head at the time and and uh and so i asked for ownership but i felt like i knew that the answer would be no and i was prepared to go i had already set up my company and uh it happened very fast it happened faster than i even thought it was going to we uh we had an incredible first year and really we haven't looked back we've had a couple years where revenue was flat but profits were up and we just have continued to reinvest in the business. And, and uh, we're actually, believe it or not, I hate to sound tone deaf because I know things are rough in the world right now, but we're, we could have as much as 400% growth in 2020 with less people. And one really is, good, two really good twin business development people. Wow. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I will tell you, uh, 
I'm a woo on the on the top of the chart woo when it comes to strength finders. I'm like all influence and Richie's woo number two. Number one, he's positivity. And so he's just such a wonderful guy to be around. I don't know how to explain it. It's just Richie brings out the best in everybody. He's just he's amazing. And so there's no doubt that he is a key part of our success. I'm going to give you about five minutes to stop that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate it, Gordo, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, all the love goes right back to you. I mean, what you've been able to do over, you know, the last, you know, 13 or so years is, is unbelievable. And, and, and Gordo hit the, the key there. I mean, really understanding relationships and, understanding that it's not about the job it, it, it you know it's it's not about what's in front of you it's what's down the road more than anything and you know thinking and that's one of the things i've always been so impressed with him is thinking long term more than short term really trying to invest back into his business bringing in experts to help strengthen his leadership team etc i mean he just the way he's uh, approached his uh, business has, has been ferocious and directed and the results are the results are obvious through friendship. I mean, especially spanning as long as all of ours does together. If you add them all up, I mean, I've known Bob for 14 years. You just get to really know the true people. A couple of things to reflect on that. One of my first fondest memories of Gordo, and there were there were other ones, but this one's just sticking out right now. Maybe it's because I'm looking at him was um, at Richie's wedding. And we're at the reception, and I look over, and the only white boy dancing harder white boy and sweating more than me is Gordo. And I'm like, that guy's awesome. And my wife is going, who's <laughs> that guy? He is having a better time than we are. Like, let's go hang out with him. And it's just been this, this triangle of friendship, you know, that comes in and out. Everybody gets busy. People have kids. and But you can always come back to it. And then, you know... Shortly after I started at Lockton was when Richie decided to join up with you. So we were due for a big catch up and it didn't even have to be in person. I could just tell in his tone of voice, like he was re-energized. He was fired up. He was, he was missing that culture that you've created at Gordon Highlander. So I think it was just, it was just a matter of time before y'all joined up and it's going to be so much fun to see where it heads next. I will say, Michael, the the first memory I can think about you is in Nashville, Texas, and I'm pretty sure you were drinking and had a few too many cocktails when we were down at that training program down there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. Get your geography right. But uh, what did I say? Where is Nashville, Where's Texas? Nash- Holy oh, cow. Yeah, I, a- I don't. I don't know. It's all it's all South <laughs> Illinois, South of Chicago. What's it's all the same. Starts with a T. Kind of transition into something I want to hit on next because, you know, Bob's got a perspective being in Chicago. He works with a lot of construction firms and real estate. You know, I see a, a wide breadth of business from oil and gas to real estate to construction to you name it. We're a little more insulated maybe in, in North Texas than, say, our East Coast brethren or West Coast. But Bob and I have spent a lot of time on our podcast kind of talking about this concept of what's occurred in the last 90 to 100 days has created 
an old economy and a new economy. And so from y'all's perspective in the construction world and finish out and, and just in life, in faith, in family, like maybe take a few minutes to comment on that. I'll, I'll let Gordo expand on the business side, the, the one kind of life side that, you know, I, I love how kids and the things that they can say sometimes can really just cut through some of the BS. And I remember my, uh, my daughter, Georgia, she asked me, she said, Dad, what, what was Corona like when you were a kid? You know, something about that just resonated with me where I just looked at her and I said, baby, this, this is all new to all of us. I mean, we are all learning on the fly here. We, we didn't have this as a kid. So, you know, I think it's, it's great perspective to think that, you know, never before have we felt maybe more connected to more people globally because we're all going through kind of one thing at the same time. But yeah, this is, this is something, I mean, I remember as a kid, the trivia question was who won the 1918 Stanley cup, you know, and it was no one because they shut it down for the Spanish flu. I mean, it was such kind of a little weird snapshot in time. And we're right in the middle of this weird snapshot in time. And um, to kind of get with your you know, what you were talking about faith earlier, one of my favorite kind of anecdotes is, um, you know, how do you make God laugh? You tell him your plans, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, and, and I think no time has ever been truer than right now, but I'll let Gordo take the other part of that. There's something crazy about being a builder where you take other people's vision and make it come to life. So I think we're trained really well to deal with obstacles. And these are just really big obstacles that we're going to figure out. Fortunately for us, there's been this wonderful confluence of the way we've built our business and how the market has come together. And so those two are crossing each other right now. And that's, it's kind of like a double up in, in uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on that. It's, it's everyone does surfing now. Wakeboarding. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Double up is when they cross the boat back and they make the wave go twice as high as it normally does, right? right. And so just right away, I, I was fortunate enough to get plugged into some calls where there was 15,000 people around the world through CBRE's global investment platform. And those guys have economists and people that are way smarter than me that surround their business and the industrial asset class has been growing and doing really well. And there's just a lot of data now that points towards continued expansion because of coronavirus and industrial. We just know that uh, inventory used to be a bad word. You know, everything was always just in time. And so everyone personally got to see how that got interrupted and no one wants to deal with that again. And so, you know, they're saying 3% more inventory equals 500 million square feet of additional industrial development. And uh, the onboarding of manufacturing, you know, Trump's been talking about it for a while about getting it back from China. And I don't know how well he's been doing with it, but coronavirus really adds to his cause I think people can really now realize and see like, hey, I don't want my coronavirus test to come 
from China. I want it to be made right here in my backyard. And people were actually kind of getting their mind around why having manufacturing near the, the business hubs makes sense. And then you multiply that with e-commerce. And so the most fascinating part of it is e-commerce. For whatever groups that it didn't reach prior to coronavirus, I'm telling everyone, it doesn't matter what sex, what what color, what ethnicity, what socioeconomic group, e-commerce is now like the United States Postal Service. It's It's here to stay. And some economists are suggesting 2 billion square feet, 2 billion, B, billion square feet. Dallas-Fort Worth is 850 million. And so we're just in this crosshairs where we've built our business in Dallas-Fort Worth. Dallas is the largest industrial development community in the country. Gordon Highlander is the biggest interior finish out contractor and industrial finish out. And so that gives us a lot of credibility. We've, we've had a lot of swings. We've got great people and great processes and the market's just producing a ton of work for us right now. So we just feel super duper fortunate. You see looking outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area, are you looking at geography? You think there's a, a good focus there? to continue and grow in that area and expand? We have been talking about that for a long time. And I will tell you that for me, when I experience a lot of growth, my temptation, I watch my hands. It's like, oh, a lot of money. And I just know my hands, if I don't direct them the right way, they're going to want to put their hands on things. And I want to live my life with my hands open like this. And when you have extra profits, I think that creates clarity on how you would go attack other markets. And so we're in the early stages of considering where the needs are greatest, where the barriers of entry are the easiest, and how we could focus on really profitable offerings that match up with what we feel like is the value that we bring. But at the end of the day, we feel very blessed to be in industrial construction in Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah. It, the other thing with growth is we want to continue to grow at all. Water the garden that's already planted and plant more gardens in other places, not get myopic or get too proud. We want to be humble servants, and we just feel like we have a lot to offer people. I will tell you, too, on the personal side, I'm predicting kind of this collision where we've been highly effective with being able to run our business without opening our office. You guys, that's on the backs. It's clearly on the backs of the subs and the superintendents that work for Gordon Highlander. So we're kind of a house divided where, you know, more than half of our company is learning this wonderful efficiency from being able to work at home while the other half is on the front line actually doing all the work. Not that we're not doing the work too, but you know what I mean. You see what I'm trying to illustrate. It's it's very different. It is it is going to be fascinating to come out the other side of this and almost to have the freakonomics mindset to see some of the changes that will happen. I mean, you know, it's a great question to ask people how they work from home. And you, you know, I've talked to you know architect friends of mine who said, "Man, I've never had so much uninterrupted time in my life." 
and then other people that have said i'm i'm going absolutely stir crazy i i i just can't i'm i'm missing talking to people so you know the the different opportunities and the asterisk that is going to be over this year you know that the people can put you know in in some instances is that's going to be fascinating to look at 2022 2023 and just see how mindsets attitudes behaviors and just some of the the data that comes out of this and see what changes uh, that's that's what i'm really curious about too i i think about how we started the business richie about relationships i know how powerful the human connection is and I think the efficiencies are great because they're a way to deal with the obstacles, but I don't see them as being long lasting. Yeah. And I also, I worry, you know, when I'm kind of in my beautiful mind state and we're drawn on the board and the EQ in the conversation is real high and we're really grinding and getting vulnerable and really challenging each other around strategy. I think you got to have that and you can't you can't do that quite the same over a Zoom call. Yeah. So I'm I'm just real curious to see I know the pressure is building around me. I just am ready for coronavirus to be over. I'm starting to feel like a wimp. <laughs> I'm serious like baby Greg is showing up in the marriage like he, he <laughs> he's just tired of wearing a mask. Yeah. Amen oh to God. that. But man, you like, know, what, what, such a wimp. what an incredible time though, to have coronavirus where we have the abilities to have this one-on-one -on -one interaction and our, our kids aren't stuck with, you know, uh, three rocks and a stick, you know, I mean, it's, um, it, it, it's pretty incredible the time and the opportunity that, that we have in the outlets. I mean, it's, uh, I was watching the original total recall the other day and seeing people and faces and you know the video conference calls and it was just kind of funny seeing some of those older movies trying to project the future but it, it, it is interesting that you know thank goodness for technology thank goodness for still able to see i mean you've experienced in some of our meetings i mean having this tool to be able to see your clients reactions to be able to to have that conversation. I mean, over a phone is almost like email. You can interpret it five, four or five different ways. Being able to see someone's face is, is an incredible advantage. So, I mean, the, the four of us getting to sit here and have a conversation, almost like we're sitting around the same table together. Not to get too prophetic, but you know, it's just, um, it, it, it's amazing. Well, my, Michael and I have noticed that too with doing doing even this podcast and some of the other connections we've made throughout doing this is you know the a bit like what I've met you know had the opportunity to have the conversation with with you guys without kind of this opportunity well maybe maybe not you know would Michael and I have pursued this that we've talked about doing for a year now yeah I don't know exactly. you know and, and it's it's cool that's right you know necessity is the mother of all invention right. Exactly. You know, I think it, it's probably a common theme that we all share that, you know, whether it's it's being the old bull sitting on the hill now instead of the young one. Um, Art Robert Duvall. <laughs> we, we see a, uh, you know, you, you just you, you get a, an ability as you get a little bit older to to analyze things. And, you know, Greg, a conversation we were having a week or so ago 
kind of leading up to this podcast, if you feel like sharing, I just, I loved how you, you saw this movement of, of, you know, civil unrest going on and hashtag Black Lives Matter just popping up everywhere. And you're like, you know what? I need to understand this better. So can you, can you share a little bit about how you went about diving into that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We, we, we've been trying to build the brand during the coronavirus with webinars and podcasts and getting out there. And I just was saying, man, I just felt this temptation to make a statement. And not that there's anything wrong with statements, but when you make them on the social media outlets, you just get ripped apart. And I felt the temptation to make kind of a monolithic statement. I just feel like I'm trying to like be right about my statement and put it in a way that it works, you know? And I'm like, golly, this is just, this is just really complicated. And so I don't know if you've seen it. It went out last week, but uh, Brian Thompson is one of my project managers. He's a guy that I feel fortunate to get to work with. He's wise and kind. He's uh, deep spiritually. And so instead of making a statement, we just had a conversation. And I want to grow. I, I feel like I have biases and I don't really know where they are. And sometimes I don't even want to see them. And when they're revealed, they're usually pretty ugly. And I try to cover them up with the good deeds I do. And Brian has just made it real safe for me to kind of open up. And uh, yeah, we just had a wonderful conversation. I know that uh, I shared with him first, you know, I, I when this whole thing got started, and it was years ago, I just I just felt like all lives mattered, you know, that that was part of my calling. But I just didn't really understand the context in which it was being shared. And it had to be revealed to me. I had to learn. But it took me kind of realizing that I didn't get something about it. And I wanted to avoid the temptation of being right about my opinion. And I just was actively seeking and asking. And, and my wife helped me out. You know, she just said, babe, could you imagine if we were struggling? And I go, oh, we've been there before. You know, and I came to you and I said, babe, you know, do you love me? Can you tell me that you love me? And you said, oh, babe, I love everybody. And so it wasn't until I humanized it that I could understand it a little bit more. But also, too, I'm not, I don't know anything really about the organization, and I'm not trying to make a global statement about protests or any of that stuff. Just the very simple concept in which it was formed and how to be a light out there and just reveal my ignorance and love my friend Brian well. And so uh, after the conversation, I mean, are there things now that you're routinely working on or thinking about? Did it, did it fundamentally change or did it just shed light on kind of an idea and a, an ideology that you already had or, or give us a little more insight? One of the questions that I asked Brian is I said, where do you think our biases come from? And he just paused and he goes, Wow. He goes, I don't really know. And I will tell you that um, I want to be captivated by the wow and not the how. I always want to jump to the how. 
but I never stay right there. You know, I never, I never stay on the wow. And I go, I think it's the really good questions that get you stimulated that are the things that form you and that matter. And it's not so much about the answers. <laughs> I don't know about you, but coronavirus has been one of the most humbling things for me because every time I think I get it figured out, it sets me back two steps. It's like one step forward, two steps back is what it feels like. It's the most disorienting thing. And then there's this imaginary line where everyone kind of draws and judges and ugh, it's, ugh. it's a great point. It's like our uh, mutual friend Dan Lappin said, right? Asking the right questions. That's a great question. Where do those biases come from? Oh boy, you got how did you guys know Lappin? <laughs> Gordo introduced us to him. Richie dated him in high school. <laughs> And then Gordo stole him from me. Yes. <laughs> Dan, uh, yeah. Dan was doing one of his workshops um, in in Dallas, and I just thought, yeah, know, Gordon Highlander's doing so much work around expanding in their brand, and knew that that the twins in the BD department were really ramping up, getting out there, and and shaking the trees. And so I thought they would benefit from knowing Dan. Now, if there's a side romance going on, we'll have to ask Dan about that, but uh, you know, and I will tell you, that's another great thing. Um, you know, being in that workshop and getting to do that was a lot of fun. And I think, um, a great thing of Gordo's character is he's never afraid to ask questions. And I remember, uh, Dan and his great, you know, his great presentation. And I thought he had some excellent things to say and we were actually had him signed up to come down here but corona kind of sidelined that but uh you know he had a deal called the elite mindset which you're aware of and i remember gordo questioning that the word elite and i you know at first i kind of curled my toes a little bit and i was like oh gordo no and then i was like i love it you know i go the guy's just he's not taking status quo and i think that's a great example of Gordo just always asking questions and from whether it's, you know, getting involved in an investment deal and want to know exactly how, you know, what a cap rate is to uh, what do you mean by elite mindset? And, it, and it's been a great, it's been a great example for me to follow, to always ask questions and not just, you know, if something ruffles your feathers a little bit or makes you pause, poke at it, explore it. I think I think what's great about that is you, one of the things that's always resonated with me that actually my executive coach tells me all the time is he says, seek to understand, not to be understood. So ask more questions, do more listening than trying to make your point. And like to Gordo's point of earlier and just having that ability to ask the questions and understand and put your bias aside or what you may have been taught in the past and just ask questions to understand instead of stating your point and sticking firm there it's it's interesting how the conversations go and the relationships get built amen amen you know along well, that yeah, same you know, go go ahead gordo that's it's like uh, god gave you two ears and one mouth <laughs> exactly <laughs> to, to echo that gordo um i mean my executive coach we talk a lot about identity and reputation and i think in our 20s and 30s you know, we're, we're, we're real focused and maybe even a little bit worried about our reputation. Like that's what you're trying to build. But in reality, 
It's your identity. I mean, that's been there the whole time. And so if you just truly focus on you and who you are and being the best you, your mm-hmm. reputation, you don't worry about it. It's going to be there yeah. because you're being yourself. Michael, I just do want to point out real quick that I am still in my 30s, just to rub that in with you a little bit. <laughs> well, we'll always be older than you, Bob. I'm in my 30s, too. I just went white really early. <laughs> Two sets of twins will do that to you. I have a car that's in its 30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, I would love to share our mission statement with you guys. Please do. Uh, To build a legacy of helping others reach their God-given potential. You know, I'm doing coaching right now, too, uh, Zig Ziglar coaching. And Zig, you know, he's got got all these nuggets, man. He's just got tons and tons of nuggets. But he – I just think very few people, Mavericks, really can – take all those beautiful things in their mind and just illustrate them in ways that are real easy to understand. And Zig says that legacy is where success and significance come together. And so I don't know, Michael, your yours were identity and reputation. And I feel like I am experiencing success and I want to be able to navigate that without becoming a part of it. I'm really interested in significance now, and I think that's part of what happens as you age or you're humbled, that wisdom sets in and you realize you don't know it all. Yeah, I just think the the why or the significance too, that's the thing that I think Richie and I get to live out for everybody, just this idea of how important relationships are and what they mean, what they look like. I I do have a funny story real quick about Zig Ziglar and uh, it pops in my head when, uh, and Gordo talking about it, but one time we were playing golf in Dallas and we happened to run into Lee Trevino and Lee was, he's uh, if you've ever run into him or ever had a one-on-one, he loves to talk and he loves to tell stories and he just started he just pulled up and started talking about someone's stock, socks and went into a couple stories and was just talking. And Gordo interjected with a funny story about Zig Ziglar uh, talking about uh, cooking in a pan. And um, and it was really funny. And, and Lee Trevino looked at Gordo and he says, yeah, I sit next to Zig Ziglar on the plane one time. And uh, Zig Ziglar told me he could help me with my golf game. And I says, well, what do you shoot? And he says, well, high 80s. And I go, you can't help me with my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought that was pretty funny. I, I'm a huge fan of Zig Ziglar, too. But I thought that was uh, <laughs> funny how different people take different advice. Well, you just never know who you're going to walk up on the tee box and play with. Remember when we played with Mark Cuban's mom? That's right. And we, we, we didn't even believe her. Michael and I, this would have been 2002, maybe. 2002, 2003, the great Stevens Park in Kessler, uh, Dallas area. Michael and I are on number one tee, and it's just a twosome about three o'clock. And we're ready for the fairway to clear. And we see this little old lady pushing a push cart. We're like, oh, God, please hurry. Please, fairway, fairway clear. <laughs> And she comes hobbling up and says, you mind if I play with you boys? And we're like, yeah, sure. So 
about the third hole, she starts, she goes, you boys basketball fans? And we says, yes, we are. And she says, well, my son is Mark. And I started thinking, what basketball player's name is Mark? And uh, it was Mark Cuban's mom. And uh, it was pretty funny at Stevens Park right there. And we didn't believe her until she hopped in the Cadillac at, at the turn. And we thought, well, maybe it is her. <laughs> I'll be darn sure it was her. And I'm pretty sure her, her nine-hole front was a better score than ours. <laughs> but we had more fun. Way more. Well, I'm just trying to understand how much golf you've been playing. I think most of the stories have been surrounded with golf so far. Man, a, a, a ton, you know, not, <laughs> not to tell another one, but another one of my favorites is um, early on in Gordo and I's friendship, Gordo's dad, who he referred to, incredible guy. He was a leader at Trammell Crow when I was there, and he had come down to visit a friend of his, and we played at a golf course that's not even there anymore, Great Southwest in, uh, in Arlington, and about the third hole, Gordo's dad looked at me and said, boy, I would fire your ass if you worked for me. The way you play golf, you obviously don't work. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, actually, my dad was coming down from Chicago. He ran the Midwest for Trammell Crow then. Oh, okay. I love Chicago, man. It's one of my favorite cities. We just want we just wanted to get back to normal here. I I love it as well. And it's it's hard seeing with everything that you know talking about what we were talking earlier, just seeing the way the city is right now, everything shut down. It's it's sad. Yeah. It's a tough spot we're in. One other uh theme we like to hit on in this podcast, guys, is you know, there's we're kind of talking this almost sounds like a something Zig Ziglar would say. It's it's not what <laughs> you know, it's who you know. But I heard another one the other day that it's it's not what you know, it's who knows you. And so as you think about our audience of this podcast and letting people know who you are and what you stand for and what Gordon Highlander is and where it's headed, what would you want to tell them? That's a softball, right? <laughs> Lobbing it up, baby. Lob that one up to us, huh? I, well, I will tell you, it, you know, the dress for success I like to tell people now, dress from success. Words matter. <laughs> Words matter, man. And what order you put them in, too, you know? Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. Well, hopefully the audience has listened. If you haven't, you should go back because there's a lot of good nuggets in here. But uh, if you're just catching this part, keep your eyes out for Gordon Highlander. I don't know. I think there's big things on the horizon for us. I think we could be a national force. I'm excited about having a growth mindset, just trying to help everyone in the organization get to where they're supposed to be and get the organization where it's supposed to be. So if you're in Dallas-Fort Worth, we love you. We're not going anywhere. If you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you need a good general contractor, we're really <laughs> close by. If there's a lot of industrial development in your future, we're more than just contractors. We understand the whole constellation around the deal, what it, what it, what it means to buy the land and build the building. We just think that because we know what our customer goes through, that really helps us be the best general contractor out there. And uh, if you want to play golf at Dallas National, you call Richie. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love to host you. It's amazing to play golf and uh, call it air quotes work. Well, with uh, with 
with Jeff Bezos being one of our biggest podcast supporters, we'll tell him to keep sending the work too, Gordo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we signed an NDA, but uh, <laughs> we're not building his $10 billion clock or watch in the middle of the mountain over there or whatever the hell he's doing, but 10,000 year clock. <laughs> Someone told me about that today. I don't even understand, but we'll, we'll build the warehouse all day long. <laughs> What about you guys? How would you how would you want your audience to know what you provide? How would you tell Gordon Highlander? From the standpoint of our podcast or you know how we make a living uh, when we're not doing the podcast. Does the podcast point to your business or no? That's not why we're doing this. I mean, it going back to you know the world essentially stopping for a minute and everybody resetting. That's when Bob and I really started spending a lot of time on the phone, just looking for a creative outlet and realizing that in our very own neighborhoods, whether it's in Chicago or Fort Worth, families were getting together again in the backyards and telling stories. And it was like, where did that go? I mean, Richie's been down to my family's ranches. I, I don't even know how many times and the amount of stories that He's heard from my dad and my grandfather and times that I've spent with his dad. I mean, it's just that passage of knowledge is something that that's going away. And we felt just motivated to say, no, stop. We're, that, we're not letting it go away. We're going to get great people on our podcast with really interesting backgrounds, defining moments and crossroads and just bring those stories to life again. Do you know Donald Miller? Do you, do you follow StoryBrand at all? I'm familiar with it, but I, I I don't know it. I think we should invite him to Dallas National. All right, let's all get our our uh, desires together and let's let's get someone on this podcast that's out of our reach. Michael and I have been talking about that. That's the goal. There's a couple. There's a couple ones out there that, you know, you you think about it. It's like trying to get that reach out. And I said, uh, I joked around with my buddies the other day about, uh, they said, well, what are you going to do with this? Like, who are you trying to get on? I said, well, we've been wanting to hear all these stories, but we always kind of joke about, um, like, I love talking to people like you guys because it's relatable people, right? And I said, but like, at the end of the day, I said, the guy who like, I've always loved and followed is Joe Rogan. I said, I'll hang it up when I get Joe Rogan on the podcast because he's the master of this, right? Uh, that would be great. That would be great. Well, would would it be cheating if we paid him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think we can do enough after that big Spotify contract, right? Man, is, is he on Cameo perchance? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he needs a little pro bono work in his life now. You know, yeah, it's time exactly. time to give he's back. Making, I mean, I, he's a big outdoorsman like me. Maybe we can talk a little bow hunting on there. You know, just the Chicago boy that likes to bow hunt. I mean, come on. Wow. Elk meat recipes. I mean, the guy's That's just, right. a, he's a beast. Dude, and he doesn't. That's got to be a narrow demographic. Bow hunters from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. There there are not a lot. And, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, these like funny stories. So when I met, when I met my now fiance, if you could have only seen the face, the the look on her face when I said, yeah, so I like to go hunting. She's like, well, what does that mean? I was like, well, I, I bow hunt. She's like, well, what do you shoot? I was like, elk and deer. And she was just like, 
who is this guy? Like, what what even is this in Chicago? I mean, you just don't have it here at all. There's there's not a lot of people that are outdoorsmen here. And I live six blocks from my office, right in the smack of middle of downtown. And it's just been a huge passion of mine since I was a little kid. And, you know, That's it's something that'll always be a part of my life. Well, you need to get down to uh, one of Miguelito's ranches, Sandy or Cedar Creek, and go uh, go do some pig hunting. It's it, there, There's some special places down there. And that's always interesting. I always look out for those invites and my phone never <laughs> seems to freaking ring. <laughs> well, you know, uh, just going to kind of see how this podcast goes. And <laughs> if it's successful, you know, we'll have a reunion down there. No, there we go. The invite is always out there. You know that. But Gordo, back to your question. I mean, I think, you know, what we want people to know is that this is just something we're doing from our hearts and we believe in it. It's important to us. We're having so much fun doing it, you know, and as it relates to what we do, I mean, a big part of, of Bob and I's job is, is the insure tech movement out there. I mean, you see the lemonade stock flying through the roof, you know, there's a lot of, of things that are trying to, uh, commoditize the insurance market. And, you know, our strong belief is that it's still a relationship people business. And so we're all about relationships. We care. And through this podcast, I mean, you've, you've got to be in the moment for, you know, we're going on an hour plus now of really listening and being able to find that next question to keep the conversation going and taking it to maybe, you know, we've had several that have, we, we had one guy that got all teared up. I mean, you just don't know where the conversation's going to go. Um, but if you're in the moment and paying attention and giving a shit, uh, it produces some amazing content. For the record, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed Gordo hasn't teared up and I know he, uh, I know he mentioned that, but that's part of his, uh, you know, what tendencies, but, um, you know, I, I just got to say, I love what you guys are doing. I love the storytelling aspect ever since you told me about it and hearing what you sent over. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, storytellers and that is becoming a little bit of a lost brand and and, and the lost, uh, you know, touch with, with connecting with people. I mean, many years ago, I mean, the most revered people in a tribe were the storytellers, you know. I mean, the people who, who gave that oral history and we're able to relate and you know the old moral the stories etc i mean i i think it's great what you guys are doing and very thankful to be a part of it i'm laughing because you talk about storytelling might just tell my dad the other day he goes oh yeah that makes sense for you I go why he's like you've been full of shit your whole life of course you're gonna do a podcast <laughs> he's like you got plenty of stories to, sh- to share Right. The other the other connection that uh, Richie and I have is we, we love, I think one of the things that just marks really high up there is just our ability to laugh and our, our sense of humor and just having a good time together. And I see this connection, man. I don't know if, if I'm going to do a good job of building my case here, but I think of joke telling as storytelling in a way. Absolutely. You kind of set up the story and then you like the waiter pulling the the tablecloth out from underneath the the table, you just let everyone know that it was actually rearranged a different way, and then you let them realize it, you know? And so Richie and I, I mean, dude, the other day, he uh, 
I think my dad called him to tell him a joke or he called my dad to tell my dad a joke. And then my dad told Richie that I never answer his phone calls anymore. So he made Richie call in on a three-way from Richie's phone. And I answered the phone and then I hear my dad tell him this, <laughs> this joke. <laughs> and, and, and then he was just like, and I'll just leave it right there. And then click, he, hang up, he hangs up the phone. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think our, our, rush our love of storytelling is, it, I, it seems like it might be genetic. I uh, haven't met Michael's dad, but I've heard lots and lots of stories. I think it's cool if your dad can pants you and say that you're full of shit. That means he really, <laughs> really loves you. And he's probably a good storyteller, too. <laughs> he is. He definitely and, is. Richie's dad is a little bit like Lee Trevino. Like he comes right out with the story too. He's got him <laughs> just flying out. Oh yeah, no filter, no filter. The the funny thing is, I said to my dad the other day, I said, "Man, if you've gotten older though, like there's some stories here that we're hearing. I'm not sure if they're real anymore." And he's telling one the other day, and my mom's looking at him, and she's like. I've never heard this story in 30 something <laughs> years, you know, and she's like, I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> you know, one, one thing my, my dad has a, has a propensity to do now is to merge like two or three stories. <laughs> and so it's like a hodgepodge. It's like, you just put them in a cocktail and, and hit the blender button. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's hilarious. Well, I think that's just a sign of having so many good times. They just start, all blending together you know Absolutely. he's he's lived an amazing life well guys you know we're we're coming on up over a little bit of an hour here i can't thank you guys enough and we'd love to have you guys on again uh see where gordon highlander creates total global domination you know again gordo thank you for sharing the uh the quote about storytelling is the language of the heart because that's what this is all about. And we appreciate y'all telling your story today. So is this first intermission or is this over? <laughs> we got to fill up our drinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's actually in my second set of twins, uh, all day long water slide birthday party today. Oh, wow. And so I am going to go change into my bathing suit. Well, there you go. I'll show you guys. I think this is the modern work attire too, right? It's it's a dress shirt. Oh yeah, with shorts. <laughs> I thought you were gonna show us the bathing suit. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just have dental floss below the waist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Newscasters have been doing it for years. Well, we appreciate you guys. Um, I don't know, Michael, I'm happy for your success and great to meet you. Richie, absolutely. love you. You guys, that was a blast. Yeah, Thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Ton of fun. I'll, I'll hit you guys up for that Dallas national invite. Don't worry. Probably coming here in August. Please okay. come on. Second half of August. We're shut down the first half, but second half. Ah, all day. Come on. You'll there we get go. to watch. I'll plan, I'll plan it. I'll plan it with Michael. Yeah, you get to watch Bryson hit 400-yard drives on the practice tee. It's kind of fun. We'll make it happen for sure. Okay. We're all in. Bye, Thank y'all. you guys so much. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you guys. Okay. Take care. See you. Bye. Back. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Climb. If you enjoyed the episode, 
please consider subscribing. And if you know someone who you would think would enjoy the podcast, feel free to share this with them. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.